this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. of the Hot Nerd Podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, do me a favor, head over and check out 10 Ideas to Make Safety Suck Less. You can pick that up on Amazon. If you want to learn more about the book, you can head over to the10ideas.com and that's 1010the10ideas.com. Uh, and if you want to enter to uh, the chance at winning the book, you can go over to win the 10 win10.com and let me know what you think about it. Go pick it up, give it a read, let me know, leave it a review, all that kind of sort of stuff. Make sure you check out the website www.thehopner.com. Follow along on all things social media. Go just follow me, Sam Goodman on LinkedIn. I'm posting all kinds of stuff for you there, trying to post a bunch of good content and videos and free resources and all kinds of things like that. And if you want to get into uh, contact with me, if you want to get into touch with me, just thehopnerd at gmail.com. We can talk about all things human and organizational performance. We can talk about bringing human organizational performance to life within your particular organization and all that kind of cool stuff. Even if you just want to have a chat, there it is. And with that, I'm going to shut up and jump into today's episode because it's just awesome. We have on the amazing Rob Kirkwood. So I'm just going to shut up and, and and here we go. Who are you for everybody out there that's listening? Let uh-huh. them know a little bit about uh, about who you are. Yeah. Okay. Hey, yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Th- hey, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Um, uh, again, you know, again, because uh, we've chatted before. So we're, you know, yeah. we're old buddies now. You know, we're tight. You're on my Christmas card list. BFFs. Yeah. Is that a is that a uh, is a compliment? Yeah, or, best yeah, best is, friends yeah. forever. Yeah. Oh right. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to send you <laughs> oh, sorry, a BFF bracelet. I'm not, I'm not up. Well, I'm not down. Well, I'm not up or down. I don't know what. I'm not I'm not hip with that. Um, yeah. Hey, look. So um, so my name's Rob Kirkwood. Um, I live in New Zealand. I live in Taranaki, which is um, North Island, West Coast. Uh, but I'm a South Island through and through, so brought up in the mountains um, down there uh, in the sort of the high hill country. Um, and uh, yeah, I kind of work in the in now in this um, risk management space for oil and gas. In uh, the region I work in is um, the 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 district is is high energy area, so a lot of oil and gas. Hydrogen uh, is about to take off. Yeah. Uh, not not literally, but you know we're we're getting a whole lot of or some really cool uh, projects starting here, and um, so I've been working for the last few years in this health safety environmental space uh, for a number of businesses, um, but now I work for a, a local locally owned business called Energy Works, and uh, so I've been a HSC advisor, HSC manager, and then uh, had a bit of time off, and I kind of reframed my my job really, and, and it was really based around hop, and uh, so we. I don't. I, I don't know if I. I don't know if I really nailed it, but you know, now I'm this organisational performance manager, which sounds a bit wanky, but um, but I think it's you know, sending the clear message to industry and to clients and to other organisations that there's more to life than just HS and E. Or right. health and safety, yeah. Right. But you know, my background is, um, uh, you know, I've been doing uh, this kind of formal HS, HS practitioner role. This kind of, you know, in this 
in this sort of formal role for about 15 years and then prior to that about about the you know 20 years prior to that um my uh, my focus has been around working in the mountains, so working in safety and risk management and uh, search and rescue in, uh, you know, in the South Island of New Zealand, uh, in Europe, and more recently, well, recently, the last 15, you know, in, about 15 years ago in, um, in Antarctica. So working uh, with the New Zealand Antarctic Program, working alongside the US Antarctic Program, actually, at McMurdo Sound. And... Um, and that was, uh, you know, it's been an amazing, amazing life um, doing that because you, you know, one, you get become very competent in what you do, very skilled and experienced. You do a lot of training. You do a lot of, um, you have a lot of fun. You're working in these really high risk environments with some really capable people, and you actually do all this without any documentation. You don't have any risk assessments per se, you don't have any true hard policies you're following. A lot of it is just done purely by gut instinct, uh, a lot of communication between the team, uh, a lot of decision making based on, you know, highly skilled um, people around you and your own experience. And so, you know, and you kind of think, that's just how we get shit done, right? We just do that stuff. And if you're not at that level, then you just tuck in under someone's wing and you build that capacity and that confidence and competence up as you go. And it wasn't until I left there and I moved into the sort of formal HSC practitioner's role and it made me realise there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, at first I thought, wow, gee whiz, this is cool. Permitting, safe systems of work, risk assessments, HAZOPs. I'm going, wow, these guys take it really seriously. That's amazing. But after a while, you realise that you know some of that stuff actually adds very little value to 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 what we we're doing. And so I I kind of stood back and went, how can I relate these two? Uh, industries and two experiences up and you know I saw a lot of capable people but also a lot of a lot of inexperienced people working in really high-risk environments and relying on uh, you know a few bits of paper as the as the way as their control to stay safe so you know over the last few years I've just gone there's got to be a better way you know yeah. and as you know there are, yeah, yeah, and that's that's huge, right? I mean, that, was there like a particular aha moment for you? Because I, I was kind of the same thing when I yeah. when I kind of found my way into uh, I was indoctrinated into uh, traditional safety as a young, green, and dare I say, dumb and naive safety practitioner when I first found my way into it, and it was yeah. kind of the same thing. You walk into it and you're like, oh my gosh, like. They are doing safety everything, right? And they're, they're super serious. And there's a form yeah. for everything, and it's super strict. Yeah. And like, this is cool. This is awesome. Like, yeah. this is yeah. this is really, really. <laughs> they take this to the next level, right? Yeah, yeah. Was there a particular moment for you in your career when you kind of saw something that was just? I mean, it doesn't have to be specific, or maybe it is. I don't know. Where it was just like, oh, oh like this is dumb. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, there's nothing specific because I've got truckload. I've got a list. You know, I'll go and get my book right, out. Right. Yeah, but yeah. you know, there there are a whole bunch of 
of stuff. One, the one thing that really comes to mind as I was working for this industrial waste company for a while, and uh, and they were working in a lot of the hydrocarbon space. So they were sucking out hydrocarbons and you know waste hydrocarbons and doing you know doing st- I don't know kind of doing stuff to them and making them and disposing of them. You know in a in, 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 uh, in uh, you know, conjunction with the local regulatory body and land, uh, the landfill or whatever it might be. And I remember these guys. There was this big uh, truck and uh, trailer tanker unit on the site, and the guys had been walking, uh, getting up on the top, and they'd opened the hatches. And prior to this, there'd be you know this. Kind of flammable liquids and stuff and their job was to get inside and flush it out and then clean and water blast the inside water jet the inside and make it you know i'm not sure maybe for some maintenance work i wouldn't and um <clears throat> there's this chap he had this you know gas monitor he was you know testing the atmosphere and and I had done a bunch of this stuff before. So when I left Antarctica and I moved here, I was doing some industrial abseiling uh, just to try and work out what I was going to do with my life. And so I did a lot of confined space work and I, you know, I learned a lot about atmospheric conditions and, you know, working in those confined spaces. And I, I, I got really geeky on gas monitors and that sort of thing. And uh, and I'm, I'm watching this one guy in this tank blasting and another guy on top who is the safety watch and he's got a he's got his gas detector on a piece of string and he's going, pulling it up and down and i you know so me being me it's like oh let's just play dumb here so i went along and i said oh hey what are you what are you guys doing he's like oh yeah we're just gonna wash this out and i said oh yeah cool and what are you doing he's like oh, i'm just testing the testing the air oh really wow that's cool can i see it you know what do these numbers mean? You know, within about thirty seconds, I'm thinking, you got no idea what you're doing. You clearly have no understanding. Just by simple questioning around, you know, what is LEL actually? What is that? What is it? Is that a gas? Yeah, yeah, it's a gas. I'm going, really? Wow, I've never heard of it. You know, and so there's this really basic questioning for someone that's working in this high risk environment, and then we got talking about emergency procedures so how do you know he's working well well, his you know his water blast is going and when it's not going then i have a i i become concerned okay well what could go wrong well you know we rattled off a few things and i said so if he does let's say get injured or is unconscious what do you do well what i'll do is i'll just hop in there and um and i'll get him and i'll push him out the top of the manway. Wow. Shit, he'd be, how, how heavy is that guy, you know? And so you can see where I'm going. It's like, yeah, man, you, yeah. guys are, you guys are well off the mark. This is crazy. Whereas working in the mountains, you're like, you know, that stuff is just second nature. If, if shit goes down, what am I going to do? If this slope avalanche is, where am I going to be? How do I avoid being in this position? It's, you, you, don't, you don't write this stuff down on a, JHA or a risk right. assessment. You just, you know, right. so so that was sort of a, one of the many aha moments. And I went, we've got a long way to go here. These are subject yeah. matter experts and they don't understand the the basic tools 
and situation they're dealing with. Yeah, and I, I had I had a couple of those too, where it was like one of the uh, one of the ones that really uh, kind of stands out to me. Um, I've written about it a couple times. I've shared it a few times. Is I remember I was at this. Uh, I was working for a large, large nuclear power plant here in the states. Uh, and again, I was, I was kind of already on that verge of like realizing that like our approaches to, uh, to workers really, that's, that's what frustrated me, right? It was kind of the dehumanizing treatment that we kind of yeah. put workers through was, yeah. was a big kind of standout to me. I was like, I just finally got to the point where like, we treat people like shit, yeah. you know? And the, uh, but the, the, the particular story that I remember is it was at this gigantic like cookout and you know, the kind I'm talking about, like the big celebratory cookout and everyone out there can already guess what it was for right it was for like a couple you know a million man hours five million man hours worked without a scratch yeah. or a boo-boo or anything nothing bad happened here right everything's fine yeah. uh, and so we were we were the organization was celebrating this kind of grand with this grand shindig uh for the fact that they finally got zero right we finally got zero we we're finally entering into safety utopia we'd finally cared enough tried hard enough we had we'd been subjected to the stick hard enough, you know, we were finally getting the golden carrot, right? And their golden carrot was barbecue. We were getting barbecue and trophies and uh, t-shirts and, yeah. you know, and all that kind of stuff. T-shirts, wow. Yeah, I mean, like a whole thing, like little trophies and like, wow. like executives from everywhere there. Like they were, Man. they were, they were given like, they were given yeah. like big group hugs. Like it was cool. Like you know? It and, makes me want to go and work there. Right, exactly. It was it was like the sweetest thing ever. And then uh, that same day, like an employee suffered a life altering injury. Right, Late, later yeah. on at the at, yeah, yeah. at the you know at, at, at another location at the, at that same site. And yeah. I think one of the things that really stood out to me because I, I just when that happened, I'd just recently been exposed to safety differently and human organizational performance, and kind of digging into those concepts and kind of having that moment uh, that most of us go through where we realize it's not just us, you know. Because I think yeah. everyone that starts to think about those concepts when when they start reading some Decker, Conklin, etc. Yeah, yeah. Kind of you start to go, I'm not crazy. Like there's people yes. out there that are actually yeah. thinking in this direction for quite a while. It's not just me yeah. going crazy. Because in those traditional organizations, a lot of times it's easy to feel ostracized, right? Because if yeah. you would dare say something in a very heavy, traditional, zero-based kind of organization, if you would, were to dare say something along the lines of, you know what? Everything's not preventable. They yeah. would skewer you on a stake yeah. and dance around you chanting things about zero while you burn to death. And still right now. Right. And what, yeah. what really got me with that one was then after the fact, instead of we did the same thing that we always do, right? Instead of really reflecting as an organization and saying, well, we got to zero and that didn't work out. Like we still mm. like we seriously mm. harmed someone instead yep. of reflecting. We did what we usually do in those situations and we doubled down on doing the same things harder. And at that point, um, building up to that, I was about I was about ready to leave the profession altogether. I was just getting super frustrated. Um, but what changed in me is like, I can't now. Like yeah. I'm, I'm angry in a good way because I'm, I'm angry that I want to, I'm angry about the way things are and I want to make things better yeah. because we do. It's back to that point of really the way that we were treating workers and the way that we were kind of doing a lot of safety things, but not really doing much that was impactful to the people that we were supposed to be really caring for. Yeah. It's as if, you know, you, you want to become safer. So you, you focus on being safer. Therefore it becomes counterproductive because people are so scared, so worried. They're being watched for these, you know, you know, what do you call them? I mean, I went for a business that called them zero harm observations where they would stand back and watch. Right. And it's like, man, when someone's watching me, I go, well, I used to, I don't anymore. I have them up, I call them out on it. But I said, 
what are they doing? They're, they're auditing me. Oh, my God. Okay, now, what are my steps I must follow? And, you know, it's so disjointed, and you're bound to fail. But, you know, that you, 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 you talk about, you know, you're not, you, you kind of have this freedom where you think, you know, actually, you know what, I'm not, I'm not crazy. People do think a bit like this. And I remember, I remember, you know, this transition from my mountaineering days, my guiding days to this industrial stage. I just, you know, I mean, I've been at the forefront of dehumanizing workers, people, staff, managers, you know, and I'm not, I'm not proud of that. But that was just, you know, I've picked people up from their homes to bring them to work to, you know, to read a procedure. I've been asked to fax, you know, do you have a fax anymore? But, you know, fax procedures to someone's house so they can read it because they're on light duties. And it's like, oh, man, I'm, re- I'm sorry to those people. Yeah. But, um, I, but, I mean, if you've been – if anyone out there that's listening, I mean, I'm sure everyone relates to that. I know I relate to exactly what you're saying. I mean, yeah. we did all that stuff and more and became excellent case managers and propped up all of those things with our skills, adapted our skill sets yeah. to meet the expectations that organizations yeah. believed safety was supposed to be. So anyone out there that's uh, listening to this, like – I'm sure that's super relatable. If you've been yeah. around this profession for more than a year or two, like, yeah. and, and yeah. for a lot of organizations, that's still reality, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's still the yeah. norm. And, you know, and if it is reality for those people listening, you know, goodness me, man, you need to get, you just, you got to change that. That is, that is counterproductive. I mean, I used to have this, this saying, and it's pretty cringy now. I think about, you know, and unless the worker is in a body bag, then I'll get them back on light duties <laughs> right yeah. that's, and well, then i'd say rob that's the attitude yes you know well, i've I seen i've what? seen organizations that had corrective actions after catastrophic events or, or listed causes and some of the causes be well the safety professionals were not as good as case management as they should have been or this would oh, have been a lost time my goodness right? you know and so i mean like, that, you know that that's the that's one of the challenges we have currently um uh, challenge I, I guess there is potential for a challenge here because, you know, if you're working, in our case, we work for a, a number of global clients. And although their safety maturity and um, focus on reducing harm is, you know, is admirable because, you know, they've, they've made, especially in the oil and gas industry, they've made phenomenal steps over the last 30 years. And we have, you know, the in the region that I work in, um, we're lucky we've got you know we've had you know large global organizations uh based here for a long time and have evolved in acquisitions but essentially the the guts has been the same right where although it's been around zero harm we all know and you know you and i have a different you know we all have different opinions on the the the, the pros and cons of the zero harm mantra but you know Ultimately, you know, uh, uh, these large global companies, um, you, know, I, you know, I get it. Zero harm is about they don't want any harm. Cool. I, same, same. Because I don't believe in zero harm now, it doesn't mean I want harm. You know, let's, let's be clear. <laughs> but um, Great, great moral a, belief, horrible target. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and, you know, and so there's this, um, there's this feeling around – if we were to have a an injury in our business, then you know, and it's one of our guys and you know in our shop that might something like happen. Well, no worries, we just manage them as we see fit. 
And, you know, if we take the philosophy of that person is, in fact, one of your family members, then how will you treat them? You'll treat them exceptionally well. You'll support them. You'll comfort them. You'll provide empathy. You'll get the best medical treatment that they could possibly get if they need to go out of town for treatment that you do. And, um, but you don't go and pick them up and bring them in the next day and say, there you go, dad, sit down here, mate. You know, I know you're normally out there with the boys, um, you know, grinding stuff, but today you're going to be in our office and you're going to be uh, putting on sticky notes on envelopes that have got to go out for the end of year, uh, end of month, you know, payroll, whatever it might be, you know. So, right, um, yeah. you know, and you're sort of dehumanizing this person that is predominantly in a blue collar environment in a, and you bring them into a white collar environment. And so now we go, oh, that's just dumb, you know. You just well, you, did, you need to you need to have some time off. I, I watched it exactly right. Just heal, recuperate. Like let's let's actually yeah. care for that person instead of worrying so much about what that metric measure kind of yeah. how that impacts that. I've watched an organization um, several years back, and as everyone out there knows, those organizations remain nameless. And this is going to sound totally made up, but I, I I would swear on a stack of Bibles that it's true. Um, that this organization had an employee that ended up fracturing their leg, put them in a walking boot getting them back to work in their walking boot the same day they come back to avoid lost time because of the walking boot trips over something else breaks the other leg that organization learned the very hard way that that is not great so there's your cautionary tale for this episode uh, <laughs> those things always backfire they always backfire yeah, in the sense yeah. that that one is more extreme yeah. where an employee is physically hurt but yeah. kind of the toll that it takes on an employee in actual recovery and the fact that you know they yeah. were in, they ended up harmed in some way hurt whatever you know doing work on our behalf within our yeah, yeah. organization for us etc and yeah. now you know instead of caring for them properly we're going to say no no come in here because we really don't want that that's going to look bad now some of that i think because you're talking about contracts of it i think this is a really really important thing to kind of string to tug on here a little bit is that i've seen a lot of organizations that are moving rapidly down this path and they're doing great things within their organizations. But I think the piece that we're struggling with, at least I'm seeing this here, uh, states ought to be interested to hear what you're kind of seeing. Those companies are doing good, but they're still managing contract work in the same ways that they always have. Yeah. They're still looking Absolutely. at here. It's TRIR. They're yeah. going, okay, what's your instant rates? Yeah. Let's look at let's yeah. look at how you compare yeah. to other businesses in a similar industry. And if you're a little yeah. too high, you can't do workforce. Now, and I've seen the negatives of that yeah. because you end up not getting to use the company you want to use because yeah. they're, you know, they had one too many recordables. You, you end up, I know here we see it a lot with companies where it's like, I wanted to use mom and pop contractor down the street because they're awesome and they're local and it's, it helps our local economy. Yes. And I know yes. them, they live across the street from me. If I need help yes. from them, I can call them. But now I got to use somebody that's on the other side of the country. Yes. That's, not, that's a massive 10,000 employee contractor that I don't know. I don't know yeah. them. Then they don't know yeah. us. I wanted to use yeah. them, but they had too yeah. many recordables. And so it's, yeah. I think there's a lot of work to be done, I guess, is where I'm going with that. And for folks out there listening, that's something to consider as you're going through this journey, because we've not really sought out much innovation in that space of how we think about our contractors, how we help to bring them along on that journey, especially if you're a client type of organization and how you're measuring them. Because if, if you're changing what you're looking at internally, that should reflect to how you're looking at your contractors as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point. You know, we absolutely are in that situation. And so you, you I mean you have to respect the client, 
you know, if you're going to bid for, you know, tender for something and they'll want to know what your metrics are. You know, so in our case, we might have a, you know, I don't know, a lost time injury today. And, or no, I should say, we might have an injury that we could bring them back tomorrow. Therefore, they don't, you know, whatever the criteria is, don't miss the next shift or whatever. And we could turn it into another recordable case, but it's not lost time or it might, you know, and it might alter our metrics, but we choose to give them some time off to, to rest and recuperate and treat them like they're a member of our family, uh, knowing very well that in theory that's a lost time injury and when someone says to us, what is your, you know, your your, your TRIFR, your LTI, FR, whatever it might be, um, you know, you think, okay, what am I actually going to report on? You know, I could have got them back, so therefore it's not an LTI, but because we gave them some time off, it is an LTI. So, you know, and I'm a big advocate, and I call businesses out sometimes about, you know, manipulating data, manipulating metrics. And that's an ex sure, yeah. a classic example of saying, yeah, we could have got him back in theory, but that would have dehumanized the guy and it would have um, it, it would have done a lot of damage to the trust that we had with him. Um, so we gave some time off, but that means we got an LTI. So what? Well, so it, it, it's crazy because it drives the wrong behaviors, right? I yeah. think that, that's that's the point, yeah. right? Is that that as an organization that is employing some form of contract work, when you're putting those measures to the forefront and here, a lot of times what you see is it's to get work and it's to get bonuses on top of that work a lot of times yeah. as well, right? For longer term kind of contracts. There's a great example here that I encourage folks to Google that um, I think it was, it was, it happened in Tennessee with a large contractor here in the United States that ultimately was hiding like tons and tons and tons of pretty significant events because there was like five or six million dollars tied to this contract for yeah. having those low, low incident rates. And so, of course, I'm not I'm not saying that eth unethical behavior is OK ever. But of, no. when you when you look at that and the first thing is to be, of course, that's what happens if you tie five million dollars to a number that lacks yeah. context. Yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. of yeah. course, if you if you if you if you put your contractors on this kind of measurement scale where it's like if you go over this number, you shall not get work. Of course, they're going to become excellent case managers. Of course, they're going typically, not always, but typically they're going to bring that person in and say, set in the office and count paper for me all day long. They're yeah. going to do those things because their livelihood is dependent upon it. So yeah. the, 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 the context of what we're talking about truly does drive that behavior. Uh, uh Absolutely, right? it does. Their their dinner, their dinner depends yeah, yeah. on it. Right? Um, you know, and I, you know, if you think about what's the intent of this, you know, the intent is due diligence right and um and i remember a while ago there was this global uh oil company based out of the uk and they were doing some work off the coast of new zealand and they wanted to use us as one of their contractors and they said we need you to go through this uh pre pre-qualification process online and the cost to do it was significant you know it it, it was it was a a, you know, a few thousand dollars to plus all the time to enter all the stuff. And we had a chat and we said, nah, we're not going to do it. We don't want to do it. And we went back to them and said, we don't want to do it. 
And yeah. we thought, well, one, we thought, well, I don't know how much work there's going to be in this, but we just said, no way, this just seems counterproductive. If you want to use us, you come and sit with us and look at the wide of our eyes and we can show you around and you can see our systems and you can talk to our people and then let's talk about it. And so that brought, brought someone out from Scotland, not just to see us, but that was part of the reason for coming. And they spent half a day in our business and said, awesome, this is amazing. This is cool. We really yeah. like what we really like what you're doing. Yeah. And uh, and this was actually even before we really kind of got this whole hot process happening. But um, you know, and, and that reiterated the importance of, you know, getting, you know, getting in the breathing space of uh, of a potential customer or a potential client um and contractor and you know and seeing it you know not just taking a desktop uh, approval process not just yeah. looking at their numbers not just looking at incident activity but you know getting a real feel for and building that relationship which is i mean it's critical right yeah and i, I think that there's you know the the piece that you were sharing that specific example of choosing to and i'll just say the right thing choosing to do the right thing of not bringing that employee in that particular example in to sit in a chair, leg propped up in a boot or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. sitting there doing uh, computer training all day or sweeping the floors if they're physically capable to, you know, I, I think those are the stories that, you know, as client organizations that we need to become, you know, painfully aware of if, you know, for folks out there that are working for those organizations that employ contractors, like really like listen to that and think about which one would you rather have? Would yeah. you rather have the contractor coming in that is going to uh, bring that employee in and set them in the corner and, you know, use yeah. them as a or use them as a human traffic cone all day long, you know, yeah. to keep from being LTI or whatever it's going to be? Or would yeah. you rather have that employee that is going to actually do the right thing by their people? That says yeah. a lot more about an organization than a number ever will, because back to those, yes. you know, those numbers lack context. There's no context in uh, that at all. No, no. None. No, and it's, no, no. it's dangerous. It's dangerous to rely on on metrics without context. It's extremely Absolutely. dangerous. It can be deadly right, in certain cases. It's it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, and we we talk about the faces behind the metrics. You know, so someone would say to me, "Hey, what's your you know your TRI FR?" I don't I don't know, but I can tell you who's been hurt, and we can tell you where they live. And yeah. we're fortunate we're a small business, right? And a lot of organizers, a lot of people listening will go, well, that's not practical. But, you know, it's practical at a certain level. And if you don't know, then somebody will know. Somebody in your, you know, somebody will know this person well. Um, yeah, but I, what, I mean, what I also wanted to say is, you know, when you're working for a, a large client, like a global client, and, we, you know, we might have the attitude of, hey, we're going to bring the guy in and, we'll call it LTI, but they'll say, well, that's unacceptable for us. We can't have an LTI on our site. You know, that's not going to look good when we go along to the board level, uh, you know, over there in another part of the world. And so we go, hey, that's that's cool. You call it what you want, you know, because she doesn't. But for us, we, you know, we don't actually care what we call it, but the, the action is the thing that we care about. Um, but it's just about having this one conversation at a time is going to the client saying, you know what, this is our philosophy, and this is what we're doing. And if they're yeah. going to reprimand you for that, then no, it's highly unlikely in our business. But, you know, if anything, people say, hey, that's amazing. 
what you could do. Wish we could do it too. You know, I mean, for our business, we're a, you know, we're accredited to ISO 45001 mm-hmm. uh, amongst some other standards, and that's just been an ongoing thing. And and finally, um, you know, some we, we used to always say we'd always get these pre-qualifications come through and say, oh, can you please pre-qualify here? Can you provide this and that? And I just say, hey, look, we get audited about three times of the year for our ISO accreditation. So here's the last audit report. Here's a certificate that we're al- our systems are aligned. What else do you need? Oh, no, can you please follow our thing? And it's like, oh, man. And so, and then finally, some some bright people in New Zealand said, well, you know what? Let's create this national-wide prequel process. And if you have an ISO 45001 as your you know, management system accreditation, then you just tick that. And then you, you know, and if the client wants to know any more, then they can come back to you. And it's like, hallelujah, finally, someone's yeah. seen some sense. Because, you know, whether you, whether you agree with that process or not, then your systems have been audited. Um, and I know it's desktop and often, uh, but it's a start, right? It's a start right. of, um, of accepting and trusting your systems. I think that's yeah. the difference. Yeah. And someone yeah. said to me the other day, uh, you know, if you really want to know what your whole pre-qualifications process is like, then get somebody in your business to do it, your one, for you, you know? Yeah. Say, hey, would you mind filling this in? And they'll say, man, that is tedious. Well, it's funny. I'd, yeah. I'd had an organization <laughs> that I was working with that uh, similar recommendation. So they tried to pre-qual through their own process and failed. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> so it was one of the someone things where needs, like, ooh, this yeah, is needs to be punished. We're, we're holding other we're holding our contractor to a higher standard than we're holding ourselves. That's kind that's of right. that's yeah, kind that's of an good. interesting an interesting yeah, yeah. thing to, yeah. to discover, yeah. you know. Um, but you know, so one thing I wanted to kind of dive into a little bit is this idea of you were you were talking about, you know, prior to kind of starting this kind of hop approach, this hop mm-hmm. journey, and then it sounds mm-hmm. like you've been on it for a minute, kind of in your particular mm-hmm. organization. And so for yeah. folks out there that are kind of right there or they're 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 getting ready to start uh, or maybe they have just started to scratch the surface um what are some of the challenges or maybe pitfalls or things that yeah you, because I'm, I'm i'm right there too i i when i first started doing this stuff i kind of like feel my way through it fall flat on my face figure stuff yeah. out you know what are some of the things that you might share that are challenges or maybe just like uh, i guess cautionary tales or, or whatever yeah. what, those folks are I, just starting down this journey yeah, I guess, you know, I've, I'm kind of being these, um, you know, uh, what do you call it, long-time listener, first-time caller sort of guys. Mm-hmm. So being beavering away in the background, thinking, learning, trying to understand. Haven't done a lot of talking to people outside of our own organisation. Yeah. And now, I don't know, I just, I just didn't think that was – I kind of felt that was odd, but I've actually been doing a lot of it recently. And like talking with you, you know, it's it's actually really cool. If you really yeah. want to learn and grow and improve and adapt and innovate, then hop online, just randoms, get some randoms off LinkedIn and say, hey, let's hook up. Let's talk yeah. about some stuff. And so um, I guess I would be endorsing that for a start, saying if you really want to talk about this, then find someone like, get, you, cool, let's talk. Someone can ring me and talk. 
I haven't yeah. got all the answers, but you know, we can start learning together. But what I found the challenge was I didn't really know. I, I couldn't find, uh, let me rephrase that. I could find lots of the whole new view of safety stuff, safety two, safety differently, hop, et cetera. I could find uh, literature around that, you know, and books and reading from academics that, um, <clears throat> that coined these phrases, et cetera. But as from an implementation point of view, mm. I really struggled. And I was sort of one of these, uh, you know, I was on the bandwagon early, but I struggled to get traction. And, and not so much traction in the business, but traction in my own mind. Like, yeah. how can I, how do I sell this? Or how do I talk to our people about this without it coming across as some type of geeky safety campaign because you know there are so much there's so much safety campaign fatigue around the world and so you know to be fair years ago i started a how but i stumbled across this great video where dr john green was talking uh, at a oil and gas conference in norway and some of the stuff he was saying was i was going who is this guy why is he this is amazing where has this guy been this he's telling this audience far more articulately than i could ever do but he's telling this audience exactly what i've been thinking but i just didn't know how to explain it and that's when it went and my learning just took off and um and then i had the really uh, a unique experience where bob edwards came out to new zealand and um, this company from Australia, Southpac International, brought him out. And uh, a contact of mine who was a client at the time said, hey, we're bringing you know, Bob Edwards to your town. Do you want to join us? So there's about seven of us. And I spent two days with Bob talking about hop and yeah, learning Bob teams and going, yeah. And I went, wow. You know, if you're going to learn, right, if you're going to learn about this stuff, then why not go straight to the source yeah. and so to have and i'd heard you know todd conklin talk at, at different things uh you know in person and you know but bob was different bob was about you know here this is this is these are the sort of questions you can ask you know he'd sit down next to you and say rob i think you know you you could rephrase that and you could and so it was a lot more one-on-one -on -one. so there was only a small group of us and uh and i managed to so we got the two owners of the business joined one joined that that session and another one joined another session so we had our leaders our owners of our organization do hop training with bob edwards wow. and it's like and they went man you know and the great thing about what 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 tipped it over for my the, the owners of the business is we didn't talk about safety you know so if you know anything about hop I mean, we call it business differently. I don't, only because I can't think of a better way to say it. But if you, you know, it's all about operational, organizational learning. Yeah. And, um, and that's why, you know, and I've said this a few times and I've written about this is, uh, you know, we wanted to move away from using health and safety in our vocabulary. We wanted to stop talking about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, that that doesn't mean we don't care about it because occupational health is is one of our critical risks that we try to manage respiratory health. Um, but but you know we we talk about 
we talk about risk, we talk about hazards, we talk about loss, we talk about risk assessments, but we just don't kind of go, you know, use that health and safety term uh, by default, like right. a lot of organisations do. It's the easy button a lot of times, right? That's yeah, it's the easy, easy button. button. Yeah. yeah. So my advice would be, you know, if you can get into someone like, you know, uh, Bob Edwards or Andrea Baker um, or some of those other hop, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I like hop. Um, I like the principles of hop. I've, we've adapted them slightly, you know, uh, blame fixes none, nothing. We changed that to blame stops improvement. I added another one in, which you know, I don't know, I don't know why I did this, but I like it. Is around growth and and comfort don't coexist. So if you really want people to grow, right, you got to go. You got to take them out of their comfy yeah. comfy sofa. And um, and for us, how do we implement that? Well, we just did it. We just said, mm -hmm. right, let's stop talking about. Um, you know what our clients say around zero harm because as soon as we said that as soon as we talked in front of our people and said you know what we firmly believe that humans and people will make mistakes and once we said that then you could see this engagement people switched on and said things like thank goodness <laughs> we've been trying yeah. to tell you that for years yeah you know I it, I think where you're going with that is is so spot on, and it's this kind of um, so much of what I would encourage people to do with this stuff is to just start doing it, yeah, and innovate, right? Lean into those principles, right? Lean into those principles, yeah. and like I said, yeah. you added a little bit because, and I really appreciate that, and that's where I'm kind of going with this innovate thing. Yeah. Is that we we're so fearful of innovation, especially in the safety space, and that's what's killing our organizations and sometimes literally killing our people is that we're so afraid to let go of kind of the things that we've outgrown. And I'm not, I'm not bashing the traditional approaches. You even hinted at this earlier when you're talking about some of uh, how far oil and gas has come. I've seen this in mining. I've seen this in all kinds of yeah. industries that those things, I was just having a conversation earlier today, actually talking about this, that, you know, those, those traditional safety things, I think in safety focused organizations, where it sounds like you spend a lot of your time. I've spent the vast majority yep. of my time. We take for granted where we've been and that how yes. that's brought us to this point of maturity that yes. now allows us to go and shift and kind of adapt and do things a little differently. But we yeah. have to be willing to part with some things and accept yeah. what's good and leave what's not, that doesn't work for us anymore. The things we've outgrown or the things that never worked, whatever it is, and kind of start to innovate and grow in another direction. But I think for me, there's this idea of just kind of starting it because I've seen, and I kind of did the same mm. thing. I absorbed all that stuff and I found myself asking a really similar question. Got really good at getting the organizations or, you know, the first time I ever went through this kind of fundamental change, transformational change kind of around human organization performance. And then the next question which is the crazy question, which is like, how do you do it? And it's like, like deer in the headlights, right? Like, Oh, well, I, don't know. We got to yeah. figure that out. And so, yeah. so much of that, I think, is that every organization is so insanely unique. So your journey is going to be mm -hmm. insanely unique. But as long as you you're going back and really rooting yourself in those principles and using that as your lens as to yep. what you know, and I, I share that all the time. Where it's like, if you ever have a question about something you're doing that you are wondering if you'd start or stop mm -hmm. or make better, keep trash, whatever, look at mm -hmm. it through the look at it through the lens of those principles. Yeah, you really start yeah, there, yeah. and it'll it'll guide you in a, in a yeah, better yeah. direction. Usually, 
and the you know the fascinating thing is, and that's not that's not easy, right? You know, no. because we've been pre-wired to to find failure, right? You know, we'd be pre-wired to look for risk, look for hazards, look for unsafe conditions, unsafe acts, poor human error judgment. You know, you, I could I could go onto a site oh, right yeah. now and I could write your list of shit that, you know. Ten years ago, we're going. Oh, well done. That's awesome, right? Yeah. But you know, what is that actually achieving? If there's yeah. some stuff there that's going to seriously hurt and kill people, um, but you know, in our case, we, you know, when I'm not around, people they're in a high risk environment. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're working with pressurized gases and and they take an ignition source to a pressurized gas and hope like hell it's contained and hope like hell it doesn't go boom. So. Um, you know, so it, it, when you start thinking about, you know, the philosophy of people people make mistakes, then when a mistake happens, you're pre-wired to go, oh no, not old so and so. What mm -hmm. were they thinking? Did anyone see? You know, does a, is, does a client know? Yeah. Uh, what have they done? How bad? How bad is the vehicle damaged? As opposed to, you know, holding judgment. But, you know, placing your um, focus on the the care and attention of the worker, of the employee, of the team member, the staff member, whatever you want to call them, yeah. um, the person in your organisation. Think of them as, you know, again, uh, like I said before, think of them as your family, you know, and if that was your brother or your sister or your child, um, uh, you know, what? How would you how would you rephrase yeah. that? Well, and I think I think with safety in particular, safety stuff. Um, surprises especially safety surprises most most operational surprises but safety in particular um safety is a really scary subject right i mean because we're talking about outcomes that can be seriously not good things like up to and including death and catastrophe right like yeah there are seriously not good things that can happen and what i've seen a lot of times is that um we react like it's scary we react from a place of emotion a lot of times rather than respond from a from a, a place of grace right yeah. and i think that's one of the biggest things if, if i had to share and people again this is something i share is that if you're asking for a place to start right now if you just work on bettering moving shifting from reacting to events to responding to events yeah, you really good. focus like you good. said tempering tempering that emotion Yes. Setting that then and I think it is emotion, setting that emotion to the side. Yeah. And start from a place of like, okay, is anybody hurt? Yeah. What do they need? Right. I'm 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 just rattling off, I'm just rattling off restorative justice, right? Yes. <laughs> and yeah, everyone yeah. out there listening, if, if you don't know it, you should, right? Yeah, just yeah. go think about it from that. Like who's hurt? What do they need? Who's responsible to get them what they need? Is the location safe, secure? If it's not, how can we make it safe and secure? How can we you know that? That how can we learn yeah, from yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you just start there. <laughs> So much that, of the um, rest of it starts to kind of fall and it is literally the thing that you can just go do differently, right? Yeah. You can just go do that differently. I'm not saying it's easy because when you're no. dealing with leadership reactions, especially in a larger organization and you've got multiple layers and all these kind of things, it might take you some time to, with some mentoring to kind of temper those reactions. And it might take some one-on-one -on -one kind of coaching and, and guiding and pulling people through how to, how to respond a little bit better to those things. But if you yeah. start, you're going to see a massive shift in yeah. your organization just from that thing i was gonna say oh, a little it, thing not little it's, it's huge. no no it's huge but the, just the the shift in engagement the shift in the feeling of trust i mean you know we all know yeah. there's a you know 
that tr- organizational trust is a huge thing, right? Yeah. And and I've only got a small under small understanding of it. There's some other people that understand this exceptionally well. Um, but I really like your term, you know, um, response uh, response versus um, reaction. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of you know medication. <laughs> yeah, and so I I, I I I can't take credit for it because I that's that's how I'd heard it put. Um, I'd actually heard it here locally from a friend of mine, and I don't know where they stole it from. We don't steal stuff in safety. We borrow and make better, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, that that's uh, – and so he, he actually came up in the world of being a, a medical practitioner and found his way into safety and health of all things. Uh, but that's uh, – I was listening to him give a presentation on that here locally, and that's the way he kind of shared that was like think about medication. Do you want a reaction or do you want a response? Right, Reaction <laughs> sends you to the ER. Response makes you better, right? That's, yeah, that's, think, yeah. think of it in those yeah. terms. So I'm not yeah, sure that's... where he got it from. I can't take credit for it. I wish that I could. Uh, but I think that that's, that's use a huge that. shift, right? Yeah. I'm going to use it and I'm going to take credit for it. You should. No one When I see like a, what's, what's the, you know, like the quote websites when you're looking for like inspirational quotes, oh, I'm going to see yeah. that and it's going to have Rob. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It'll be there for sure. <laughs> It'd be like one of those cool office. They've got like some seagulls in the background on the poster. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so, Sam. I don't think so. So, no. but I, so um, something that you were saying before that I want to hint, I want to, I want to kind of get to is you were talking about you were changing the language of the organization. And I find that yeah. really interesting of kind of pulling out that health and safety term. But I wanted to toss in there that another question that I get a bunch, and I'm sure it's something that you've, you've lived through this too. And it's like, okay, how do we know that we're making progress in human and organizational performance? And so one of the things that I have found, and I want to hear what your take on this is, especially purposefully shifting some of that language around health and safety in particular, one of the things I found is that your organization begins to sound different. They start yeah. to sound like a hop-based organization. The yeah. conversations start to change. And yeah. they're not just words. So please, people out there, don't take it as that. There's action behind that. But we start shifting weird little things from like, well, you know, if that fails to, you know, when that fails, you know, those mm-hmm. kind of little twists mm-hmm. in our in our, in our words. We start talking about hot base stuff. We're bringing it up more frequently, and just our language starts to change. It's a really good indicator that you're on the right path. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, your first point about how do we know it's working? And you know, um, I could, you know, I could, I could show you evidence and some metrics if I wanted to, but you and I know that um, that that can change tomorrow, right? And so oftentimes, I, when you start this, it goes up. Your your incidents will go up. Yeah, because people are trusting you more yeah. to, to tell you about yeah. stuff so they were not before. I guess, yeah, the the lens that I've looked at it is you know incident injury rates have gone down. Uh, reporting around you know failure and quality events has has gone up. So there's some more learning there. But you know I just want to reiterate. I mean you know I, we we won this um, this award recently. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not actually. Don't get me wrong. I'm not into safety awards as such because you know, yeah. again, it's all context. It depends on who's writing it. Depends on what's you know. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Anyway, the 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 local, the nationals. There's some national health and safety awards, and they they brought out a category this year, uh, safety two innovations or uh, uh, the best safety two uh, initiative. And so I went. You know what? I want to win that award. Yeah. And so I just beave it away and 
uh, and I wrote something and I sent it to someone, a contact I had, hey, can you just review that? She said, hey, it's really well written, but there's no substance to it. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, well, it's good to know my grammar's well. Uh, uh, it's good. <laughs> anyway, so I went back and I was actually sitting, uh, My I, I had my daughter in hospital, kids' hospital uh, up north for a few days and um, I just took my laptop and I rewrote it. Yeah. And I broke it down to these key principles. And then I just gave an example of where that key principle was actually alive and where you could see it being used. That was a real live situation. Anyway, so we won this award. And, you know, we were D-grade celebrities for a night. Everyone's like, wow, you guys are awesome. And there were high fives, and, you know, I don't. I don't drink alcohol these days, but I had a, you know, half a glass of wine and a whiskey yeah. afterwards. And, you know, it was a big night. Um, but, you know, we come back and we're all, you know, people are reaching out saying, man, you, that was awesome what you did and da 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 da. And then, um, you know, then about two weeks later, one of our vehicles rolled off the road, went off the road with two people in it and, mm-hmm. and rolled. Wow. And, you know, fortunately, there were no injuries. So, you know, let's, let's be very clear that you can go from hero to zero just like that. And, you know, we could have a debate about could we have, you know, what could we have done to prevent that, that failure from happening or that event from happening. But, you know, we could talk about this for weeks on end, right? And, um, but what I, I guess what I want to say is, you know, how do you know it's working? Well, like, you know, if you think people make mistakes, uh, and um, and you know, there's it's you know finding a position where um, you know you'll always have failure. Then you will, you know, you wake up tomorrow and something's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, well, you get away with it. Well, and and that's that's a and, that's a great example though, right? Where it's like the difference. You'll you'll literally see the difference. Right? You're gonna have you're gonna have failure. You're gonna have yeah, something happen. Yeah. And the first thing that you say is, oh, my goodness, thank God everyone's all right. How can we learn about it? How, how can we yeah. learn more? How can we yeah, understand yeah. more? Yeah. Instead of going, oh, my God, thank God no one's hurt. Now, how do we make sure that never happens again? Right. It's just yeah. it's even just, it's just a shift because you understand like you like vehicles tend yeah. to do that sometimes. <laughs> you know, that's, that, that, well, those I mean, things there's a reason happen. why it's, yeah, it's a reason why so many people die on the roads. But anyway, right. you know, it's, what I guess my point is that. You know, this is no silver bullet, right? No. This is not going to – this is just a, a, a transformation on your – on changing your lens on how you look at stuff, yeah. which in our mind, we – you know, and I, my boss said to uh, mention this at a presentation recently, you know, someone said, how do you know it works? And he said, well, sometimes it's really hard to measure, but here I know it works. I know we're getting right. – we, you know, we, we're getting engagement. We're getting good buy-in. We're getting this, you know – the sense of a psychologically safe environment. And well, when you've you've got people the stories too, right? You're, you're getting yeah, yeah. The, the true stories. And that's something that I think is really, I think hop has a bit of a um, PR struggle as it comes out into organizations originally, and especially in high hazard worlds, because a lot of our worlds are very command and control top down, very, very top driven hierarchical yeah. organizations. And so when you start talking about something like hop, I know I've experienced this a couple times myself where they're like, yeah, this hippity dippity fluffy stuff. And it's like, wait a second. No, like 
what we're really talking about with hop is what this really does is it clears all the roadblocks that get in that normally get in the way of us learning and understanding yeah. reality within our work world and this stuff is not really fluffy it's allowing you to tap in the mo into the most real and raw gnarly conversations that you are ever going to have in your life there's nothing fluffy yeah. about an employee coming to you and saying you know what i almost died last week i and it's happened mm -hmm. a few times but i just now trust you enough to be able to tell you this mm -hmm. or you know what I, I, I had to hide an injury before because it was either mm -hmm. I knew if I reported it, I'd get fired. So I went and got mm -hmm. medical care on my own rather than coming to you and telling you yeah. that it, that's not fluffy. That's, no, that's no. some brutal, scary no. stuff. But that's the stuff that we want to know about. And that's been kind yeah. of my measure. It's like how much how how well do we really understand the reality of our work worlds and those kind of more traditional approaches currently have clouded that it's it, it's mm. those kind of approaches where it's blame shame retrain really heavy rule driven punishment driven those kind of observation extreme oversight kind of environments yeah it it really hinders us from learning and it hinders us from tapping into the lived reality of work yeah and that's the that's the magic sauce right is yeah, yeah. we never can completely understand as long as we're not the person in the gloves in the boots doing the work but the yeah. closer we can get to truly understanding that reality, that lived reality, that's that's magic stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, and uh, I think what's important too is for people to real realize that. Well, in my experience, you know, this is not just hey, you know, we're going to uh, implement these principles, and this is going to be our new philosophy. Now we're going to change the way we right. do stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, you know, I reckon you know, we've got a long way to go. But you know, I really we pushed we pushed go about two years ago, probably. Like you know, as a business, said yeah, let's agree yeah. to this. And uh, I mean, you know, as an example, I mean, we you know, like my my designation, we changed it. Mm. That was a you know, that was a, uh, a, a strategic. I don't, know if, I don't know if it was that strategic, but you know, it was a definite move to get away yeah. from talking about HS and E um and and being narrow in that mind talking about the whole wider business so don't be you know my advice is don't be in a rush so because you will you will come across situations where you think mm, this looks like someone's copped up here and yeah, they probably have but do you want to blame and punish or do you want to learn and improve right and you can't do both so pick right. and choose if you want to blame and punish then you're going against this kind of ethical responsibility and uh yeah. and, you know and say ditch it learn and improve well even as conference says you know you're always going to find error right at every event you're always going to find where somebody didn't follow a rule they might have made a mistake like you're always going to find that stuff and it's, where i was going with this as, as conklin said it's it's so normal it's boring and that's yeah. the thing i think i think <laughs> where where you mature as you go through that at least from my observation is that organizations just outgrow that as an answer yeah and they see yeah, it as boring. Exactly. They, they 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 outgrow they get to that point of growth where that's no longer an acceptable answer where before yeah. they're like oh that's obvious like there there's the answer there's yeah. the culprit bad behavior yeah, yeah. on part of the employee but yeah. you, you grow to a point where eventually the organization's like no like that's that's boring there's surely there's yeah. something more than that and there is yeah. right and so I, th I think that's that's an amazing place to see you kind of get to add in that transfer transformation is you're just going yeah. well yeah like there somebody 
they broke a rule. Okay, well, duh. Like, of course they did. They're people. Like, yeah. the rules don't always work. Like, you start to see those yes. kind of conversations start to emerge, yes. you know, the longer you're kind yeah, of doing yeah. that. Yeah. So, I got to tell you. I, um, been, go ahead. I was going to say this. I, I, I overheard this conversation the other day, and uh, and it really reiterated to me that, you know, there's some good shit going on. And so often we go, our guys, our, you know, engineers, will, uh, construction managers will go to a client's site and they'll sit down and, and go through a risk review. Mm. And, you know, generally what you're doing, you, you know, you start at the start of the project and how you're going to work it out, da 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 And, but of course, you know, a lot of the organisations say, well, this is similar to the previous job we did on a different site, so therefore we'll use that template Yep. Which has got similar risks and hazards, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. And um, so we, uh, I overheard this this project engineer talking to a, uh, one of our our leads. He said, "Hey, I need you to go to the site and do a risk review." And he's like, "I'm not going to there if they're going to start talking about, you know, slips, trips, and falls, and wearing my hard hat, and I've got to put my gloves on. I'm not interested. Yep. I am not going. But if they want to talk about the big stuff, they're going to kill our guys." And like vehicles going off that steep bank, and us to, he said, "I'll be there, but I'm only going to be there for that bit." And I that's went, awesome. "Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. what we want. We want that to think these guys, rather than get told this is what you've got to do, is to say no. This is what we've got to do, you know, and lead the charge on that." Well, it's no, like I said, it, it's that's no longer an, an acceptable answer. Right. Just as, just as we were talking about, we, we, you outgrow it. Right. No, yeah. Just like how we're talking about error is no longer an acceptable answer. That kind of stuff. I always kind of refer to that kind of hard hat glove safety card kind of stuff is the illusion of safety in yeah, our work worlds. Right. right. It's, it's the highly right. visible bits that we can see and we can touch and we can manipulate. And it's just obvious. Yeah. And you can see the poster hanging on the wall. You can see somebody in steel cap boots. You can see somebody in their, their bright high pink hand aware, high vis, mm. high everything, mm. high cut resistant gloves. You mm. can see those things and you can quickly call people out if they're not right. It's, it's that. And it's not, I mean, I'm not saying that gloves don't have a place in their work because they clearly no. do not saying that steel cap Absolutely. boots don't have a place, but those are the given, right? Those are like yeah. the things like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll work yeah. here. Like, of course, those are things that I have on like, I sleep in these boots, basically. You don't have to. <laughs> I don't need that on a piece of paper to tell me to wear these things. That's, that's right. just that's that's a that's a that's really a norm. You don't even need a rule yeah. really at that point, right? Because yeah, yeah. it's just it's just a norm of, of what we do kind of in that world, right? So I think that's really interesting. That's that's cool. That's really cool to hear because that's that's yeah, what yeah. we're talking about, right? That's that change, and you're hearing it in the language and the way that people are are speaking about those things, the way that they're thinking about those things and verbalizing those things. It, but it's really that it's really demonstrating that yeah. that piece of maturity has grown to a point to where it's like no, like I'm not wasting my time on stuff that doesn't matter. No, I'll pour no. I'll pour all of my time and more into it, the stuff uh, that is impactful. Yeah, but not the stuff yeah. that doesn't matter. That's you know, huge. we've been talking about push, pushing back a lot. You know, you push yeah. back for the right. You get told to do something. You think it's you, you know you you question what 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 risk am I trying to manage here? Yeah, you know, and um, often you'll get. You know, you won't get an answer. You're like, oh, well, I don't actually know. You know, I, I don't know. It's just policy. Yeah, but what, just, what is it? It's what we do. Yeah, what's <laughs> what we do? Well, it ain't good enough. You tell me. <laughs> and I've taught my kids to speak like that too, you know. Why is yeah, that guy you, yeah. wearing wearing that hard hat on the, out in that paddock? Is he worried that a leaf is going to fall on his head? <laughs> you know, I said, I don't know. Maybe we should ask him. 
yeah. How come that guy? How come the guy is on working on that roof and he's got no fall protection, but he's wearing a high vis shirt? Well, maybe the high vis shirt it's going to prevent a plane from hitting him. Right. You know? yeah, yeah. Like, well, that's you dumb. A, He's got more too big off. and you can okay. parachute but, with it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. It's just getting rid of that well, dumb that, stuff, you know. That, that's on. that that's that illusion, right? That that's that doing safety stuff instead of really, you know, mm. and so many so many folks find themselves kind of stuck yep. in that as organizations, right? Because it's 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 easy to start that stuff, it's hard to stop focusing on that stuff. And I'm not saying and I don't mean that yes. in the sense like you should just undo all that stuff because like is there a place to be wearing hives for sure? Is there a place where you need a hard hat for sure? Yep. Gloves, boots for Absolutely. sure. Those things are super handy dandy. Yeah. Those things are great yeah. when you need them. But just mm. to just to throw somebody like you said standing out in the middle of nowhere mm. In a hard hat, mm. in the and usually in mm. the sun and the heat, in long yes, sleeves, yes, yes. with with a vest on, like a high vis vest <laughs> over top of their long sleeve high vis, everything, sweating to death, but going, look how safe they are. I'm so proud oh, of them. No. You know, oh, no. that's that's just that just seems yeah. like cruel yeah, and unusual yeah. punishment more than safety. Yes. Yeah, they go home. They go home with heat exhaustion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But at least I was I was saved from getting uh, hit in the head with a that's, bird. Because that's, <laughs> that's a real well, risk. I gotta, you could. I gotta ask you. This has been an awesome conversation. Yeah, I'm going to pull things into the close. Okay. And I'm going to ask okay. you our, our famous final question around here. Oh, is, don't make it really hard. I don't it's like just hard not. It's, it's, you can take it wherever you want to. That's the great okay. thing about this question. Right. I have no clue how we ended up doing this question, but it sounds really like, oh, man, it just, it just sounds okay. like. Okay. I'm it, worried it, now. It's like that. It's like your. It's it's like the executioner's question is kind of how we ended uh, up with it. And I don't know. I just said this on accident one day, and then I, I just. What is my last meal? Right. Yeah, so this okay. one is any final words. <laughs> and what oh, I mean gee. by that, what I mean by that is anything that you would like to share with folks out there, leaders, safety professionals, hot people, safety differently, whoever, whatever, HR people. I don't care. Who anything that's like on your heart, in your mind that you want to share with folks out there that just with your this journey you know just with yeah. maybe trying to do this stuff kind of differently well, a little bit oh there's a lot right there's a lot we can talk about but i guess you know if i was to summarize something it would be around you know be courageous mm. and um you know especially if you're a contractor then start small in your own organization you know, and then when you feel comfortable, and this is what I did, you feel comfortable, you start talking about what your business is doing. Yeah. And then that's where we're going to see the change. Because one of the risks that we have is, you know, if you push your clients too hard, then you're, you're going to push back. Yeah. So, um, you know, in our case, we implemented this philosophy, this, these principles a couple of years ago, or probably three years ago, and only now are we talking about it because we feel comfortable. We've seen the results. We believe in it. Um, and we're starting to get noticed. Yeah. So start small, start in your home, you know, not in your home, but, you know, in your business. Get that wired first and don't bang on about it. You know, there's nothing worse than someone banging on about, oh, we're a hot business. I'm a hot this, I'm a hot that, or a safety to, you know, business. Yeah. Just start small, adapt those principles, be ethical, um, treat your people with dignity, and um, and you'll get there. You know, you'll, yeah. it, it'll and, and don't be in a rush. Yeah, 
Well, slow I, and steady. That's excellent. That's excellent advice because I agree with you. I think there's one of those things where it's, yeah. it's this idea of doing what you can, you know, and there's something to be said about that. Pe- people are, because they can't go down this path of just doing it all at once and it stops yeah. them from doing anything sometimes. Right. And it, just do what you can. And I found that a lot where it's like, well, I have to do this, but there's nothing that says there's no rule. The client, there's nobody out there saying that we can't do this too. So let's yeah. try this over yeah. here. Let's play with this yeah. a little bit. And there's nothing that I might have to do something, but I can do it differently. Yeah. Like and I can still, I can still meet what, what the client needs and I can still change that environment yep. in my organization or think yep. about that thing differently or talk about that thing differently. Yep. You know, you change the focus on it or something, right? There's, there's always something that you can do. And I think your final point on this, this journey being, um, the best way I can put it is it's slow. Like it, it's a slow thing. You're talking about fundamental change within an organization. A lot of times it's, it's not an overnight thing. It's not something you roll out and oh, then yeah. you do a check sheet and you work your way through a plan and it changes. You're changing beliefs and assumptions in an organization and it's yeah. slow. And that's the piece that I would add. Yeah. Only piece I would add to that is that don't get frustrated. And if you no, do yeah. start to find yourself getting like, cause I'm one of those people that's like, why is this not going faster? Right. And when I first started this, I'm like, this needs to go faster. This stuff is so good. Why are we, why is it slow? Mm. Zoom out a little mm. bit. And when mm. you do, it'll shock you how far you've come in, in, in the amount yeah. of time. That I you agree. Can. I agree. Yeah. Cool. Good summary, man. Yeah, man. Just, Thank you for those those words, man. Those last words. I, I'm telling you, for those folks listening, hit that like rewind fifteen thing like a few uh, times and go back and listen to that one more time because that uh, was they, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh well, jeez. That jeez. was excellent. Hey, you 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 you're showing off now. You're pushing nope. me. You know. No, uh, excellent. Um, because you know the the other thing just on there. The, the, I mean, it's not as if you have to implement everything, right? Because some some businesses say to me. And some safety practitioners, well, I don't know how to get this across the line. Well, you don't actually need to get it across any line. If you take a principle of response matters, then just do that. Yeah. You know, just start there. Just say how we respond to incidents is critical. How we respond to failure to our people, to our clients, to our customers, to our community is critical. We all, yeah. We've all seen plenty of examples where response, uh, poor response has had a poor outcome, right? Right. Well, and yeah, be, anyway. be, I, no, I think to that point, um, and then I'll shut up, but I think to that point is that that's the problem. When we start having awesome, awesome conversations like this, it's hard to stop. <laughs> I think to that point is that you can, you can literally be the example. Like you said, we're talking about that response piece. Just show yes. that. And that's, that's where I think organizations sometimes get that backwards. They try to go teach their organizations hop down through their organization. Those principles yes, go up, up through the organization. Correct. You can go yeah, tell a frontline employee that error is normal and blame fixes nothing and response matters and all those things. And they're going to say, well, duh, I've been telling you that for years. Thank you. You finally listened. Yes, correct. The harder part yeah, is getting yeah, that yeah. up through the organization, right? Because yeah. it's leadership yeah. response that, yeah. that we're looking at, right? And, it's those things. And remember, remember we're hard. We're, you know, we've had years of doing the opposite. Mm. And as we know, it takes a while to break that habit, right? It so. Does. This, be slow. We're people, Please take it we're easy. people, and we're naturally wired to re- to react yeah. those ways. It's, it's yeah, we're, yeah. we're talking That's about right. overcoming some of our own old stepping beyond some of our own nature sometimes, which could be a little <laughs> a little tough. Well, thank you so much That's for right. coming on, my friend. Twice, twice. If anybody didn't yeah. get those hints as we were kind of talking through this, we tried this once, and the technology yeah. just screwed us. We but well, I, think, I mean, we've I only just got electricity in New Zealand, right? You what? 
Yeah. Uh, we've only just got electricity in New Zealand. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. No. No, I don't know. It's your end. My end's are you, sweet. You know? are you, you, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely here. Are you, are you, are you, I was going to say, do you have like a, like a pedal bicycle generator going on like under the. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of my Look, daughters is on it right now. You were, Actually, you were, she's you were talking slowing about. Down. I better get going. And, you can start 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 kind of flickering out. You were saying that you were from the uh, yeah. from from the hills, and I was sitting there thinking when you were first talking about that, right? You you were mentioning that you're kind of more hill country originally, originally from hill country. Yeah. yeah so I'm yeah. sitting there thinking, yeah, it. so yeah, I, I grew I grew mountains. up I grew up in the mountains in the Appalachian Mountains uh, here oh. in, in the in southwestern Virginia is where I grew up, and I'm sitting there yeah. thinking like, so yeah, yeah. are you like technically it. a hillbilly too? Do you guys take the hillbilly term too? Because we're hillbillies. <laughs> well, well, no, no. It's a different. Your hills are different. We've got mountains. So I'd be like, um, I, I was, you know, I was brought up in a in a place, I guess, like uh, uh, a cross between Denver and uh, and uh, and Moab. Gotcha. You know? So so, so yeah. big stuff. Big stuff. You know, relative three thousand meter peaks. Right. You know, that's yeah. our highest point, but yeah. you know, awesome, amazing, amazing. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm like that kind of Clinch Mountain, Appalachian kind of range, mm -hmm. big rolling tree covered mountains. Yeah, the streams and lakes, I, moonshine stills. I can, I can see your banjo actually in the back there. I can you see can, it. Yeah. It's only got two strings, but yeah, there's, there's, there's one back good. there. There's one yeah, back there. There you go. <laughs> well, next time, let's get on. I play will. the harmonica. You play the banjo. Look, we just started a band. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hey, good chatting, bro. Thanks it was for awesome. the invitation. It was awesome to do it. Thanks yeah. for coming on, my friend. I, I, yeah, yeah. I know people out there love will love this one. Excellent conversation. Yeah, and cool. Just thanks, thanks yeah. for the chat. And, and, man. and look, um, yeah, and and like I said before, I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I really, I've, I've, I've just kind of got into talking to people, you know, online, and man, I, I'm a slow learner in that space but holy heck there's a lot of stuff it's, we can do there so if awesome. some, anyone wants to reach out to me jump jump on linkedin um we can hook up a you know and i'm more than happy to come to the united states and talk to your managers yeah, <laughs> as yeah, long as that? it's summer well unless oh, it's no. unless you're coming to arizona you want to, they, you want to come in the right. winter yeah. if you're coming to arizona yeah it's about I'm 110 right now and humid so you don't want to be <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to go and meet you in Colorado um, anytime. There you go. That's there you yeah. go. And so I think I that's that a great. Place. No, I love that point because the community of people out there doing this stuff are so open. It's so willing yeah. to just yeah. jump on a phone call with you and give you yeah. anything they got. Like, yeah. just help. Just to help each yeah. other, like no strings attached. Yeah. Just like, yeah, yeah you want to yeah. talk? Like, I, I got a couple hours. Let's let's talk about what you got going on. Yeah, I know. And, yeah. And that's at all levels of this kind of yeah. thing that we've got going on, this kind of this kind of industrial reformation that's kind of happening around hop. And people are so willing to help, so willing to jump in. And you could Look, learn so much from each other. It's, it's I amazing. know. I was, uh, I, I, I was talking to Andrea Baker, uh, you know, the hop, one of the hop gurus. Mm -hmm. And it was 3.30 a.m. in the morning at her place. And she was up tending to babies yeah and i was sitting in my car in some dodgy car park at 8, 8 p.m at night and we were talking hop and i was like this is amazing Isn't it this, cool, yeah. you know what a how you know how else can you can you you know reach these these experts in this you know so yeah i mean if you want to talk let's talk I, I i'm not into hard questions but 
there's there's such a there's there's such a low barrier to entry to having those conversations i think people don't realize that that um you know i I remember because i can think back to that when i first started on this podcast i just like shot for the moon one day and i was like i sent i sent sydney an email i was like sydney will you be on the popner podcast you probably never heard of me and you probably won't reply but it's okay just love love your work i'd love to talk to you on the podcast i got an email back he's like yeah yeah wow <laughs> so oh, that's, that's what good. i'm saying is that's what i'm yeah, saying cool. is that that yeah. those things that um don't be shy to reach out to no. people in this world if you're unsure yep. even if you even if this stuff is brand new to you and you're just scratching your head and you don't even know the question to ask but you know yep. this is something you want to go after you want to yep. bring bring into your work world into your organization the barrier to entry yeah. is just asking like just sending yeah, somebody absolutely. a message and just saying, hey, you got a few minutes. I would love to pick yeah. you. That's it. That's it. Because it's two-way, right? You know? Yeah. So I'm learning from you right now. Right. And you, you might have learned some. I don't know. You I'm might have learned, learned something from me. From you. But you know yeah. what I mean? And this, I, I had a chat I, I with someone. Yes, same thing. I, I no, think, it doesn't, I think that's the, get the little, craziest thing, right? Is yeah. that this the uh, the podcast i can't I, I will never lie and say that it's there's not some some self-serving element to this because i get to learn so much because yeah i get to talk to yeah. people from all over that are yeah. doing this stuff all over the planet i've made yeah. so many amazing friends and I, I don't know so for for whatever reason for whatever reason i don't know if, i don't know what happened with like brisbane becoming like the capital of human and organizational performance or something but i've got i feel like i have a small i feel like i have a small extended family at this point for, for all my brisbane friends out there listening i love you guys one of these days i'm going to come see you in person yeah yeah but well, I, let I me know like, and i'll go do i feel like i have a family over there right and that's, Yo, that's, that's what good. we're talking about with this community is that yeah. you know you you develop friendships and and colleagues around the world that are all kind of trying to do this same thing. And again, I can't say that enough. I know, I know I'm getting like all nerdy out on this part of it, but I am, I am. And I'm going to like, it's amazing. man. It really is. It's amazing. This community blows my mind constantly. Their willingness to help each other. Yeah. It's good. eh? It's awesome. Well, cool, man. Before I keep you for another hour, I better let you go. Yeah. 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 It's nearly, uh, it's nearly time to, you know, have a cup of tea and ease into the evening. There it's my go. wedding, you know, it's my, I didn't tell you, it's my wedding anniversary today, which is amazing for, you know, yeah. I, I actually, my, my, my wife died about three years ago of um, some hideous bowel cancer, but, yeah. um, yeah. you know, and it's, it's been a, a shit time and part of the, you know, part of my growth from that trauma is, is all about this, but yeah. you know, it's special today cause it's my, uh, would have been my uh, 16th year wedding anniversary so it's a uh, sun shining the rain's stopped i'm feeling pumped to be talking to you you know we're getting shit done so thanks man appreciate Absolutely. it thanks for coming on man cool. talk to you soon all right yeah take care bro Bye. see ya well what do you think about that one i've got to tell you that conversation was just awesome i i, I know that i'm a little biased here but i just got to say that, that i thought that that was a blast i loved getting to hang out with rob and those are the kind of podcasts i know that i enjoy and it seems like you guys enjoy as well it's just kind of that fly on the wall kind of listening to two folks carry on have a deep and meaningful conversation just about something that they're passionate about and you know for us it's human and organizational performance it's about how we can do this stuff better how we can bring it to life within our organizations that's all i've got go over to the website check it out we've got some really cool resource stuff happening over there on the uh, resource page i know that's kind of on the nose a little bit but it's resources just go click on resources we've got tons of downloadable videos and we're adding more and more and more to that 
all the time. There's free PDF downloads and just stuff that can help you in this journey. Again, it's at thehopnerd.com. You can click on resources. You can go over and check out stuff about the new book, 10 Ideas to Make Safety Suck Less, just by cruising over to the10ideas.com. Or if you want to uh, get a chance at winning the book, it is winthe10.com. Again, let me know your thoughts on it, thehopnerd at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Sam Goodman, The Hop Nerd, signing off. Long, dramatic pause. Bye, everybody. Bye.